0: Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from the region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is the Word of God for the people of God. God. It happened after church one day. I had preached. I was standing in a greeting line. Three people waited till the very end after almost all the other people had come through and said a word about the worship or the sermon or shared a prayer concern. And then these three, I could tell they were waiting. It was uncommon for the three of them to be in the line. Finally, when everybody else had gone, they started telling me something, telling me a story that they had heard. They didn't realize it, but it was not a true story, and they were really upset about it. They had believed this false narrative that one other person had shared with them, and within seconds, they were shouting at me attacking me for something actually that I had never done. It was one of the most disheartening and disappointing experiences in my whole ministry. These three were lifelong Christians. They had been raised in the church. They had sung in the choir. They had served on committees. They had been a part of the life of the church. And they were attacking their pastor for something that never happened. Have you ever had a conversation that started with somebody shouting at you? Did it build a warm relationship, really increase the rapport, help you want to help them? Starting by shouting is what happens in this story today. Let me suggest to you that starting by shouting is not a winning strategy, but that's how the story begins today, a woman, a Canaanite woman, we're told, comes shouting at Jesus, now you can tell right off how much worth or status she has in this first century, and in this experience, in that we are never given her name, she is a nameless woman, she has little, if any, standing in this culture, or in this experience and her shouting just as you might expect does not get the result that she hoped for in verse 23 Matthew tells us that Jesus did not answer her at all and then he ignores her kind of to make it worse the other disciples the male disciples go and say just get rid of her send her away as Matthew has it for she keeps shouting after us Now, Matthew doesn't tell us exactly what Jesus was thinking. But for those of us who want Jesus always to do the right thing and to say the right thing, this is a difficult passage. I don't think it's Jesus at his best. But Jesus gives us some insight as Matthew records it in verse 24. He's not even speaking to her yet. He's still talking to his disciples, but he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, she's not a part of our group. She's not a part of our ethnic group. She's not part of our religious group. There were customs against talking to women in public to whom you were not related. It's not exactly clear what all was going on in the mind of Jesus, but he is not going to talk to her. Not only does he think she's outside the group, but he thinks she's outside of his calling. He's saying to them, I'm called to the children of Israel. She's not in the group. I do not have to include her in my circle of care and concern. I don't have to give her anything. And then in verse 25. There's a little bit of a plot twist because she moves from shouting and screaming to kneeling in front of Jesus. She came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. But even when she takes this posture of reverence or humility, this posture of respect to Jesus, he is still not listening. He says it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. What a metaphor Jesus is using that surely seems to be equating her with the dogs. As I said, not Jesus at his best. And yet she still believes there's a connection here. There's a relationship worth pursuing that this man can help her. She will not be denied. She uses his insult in verse 27 and says, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. In other words, even if you think I'm a dog, you have a relationship with your dog. Your dog's still in the house. Your dog's hanging around the table. Any of us who have a house dog know that's true. If you drop a crumb, who's going to eat it? The dog's going to be right there. She says, even if you think of me that way, still you can help me. You can feed me. And Matthew doesn't tell us what it was except for her determination her, or her insistence that seems to cause Jesus to stop ignoring her and begin to listen. But in verse 28, he seems to crack open or the blinders that he had on that were there because of ethnicity or because maybe she was dressed differently or had a different accent or had a different color skin, whatever it was that had caused him to ignore her seems to be removed in that instance. And in verse 28, then Jesus answered her woman now she's moved from dog back to being a woman or a human being woman great is your faith let it be done for you as you wish amazing shift in jesus's attitude toward her as a person and therefore what he is willing to do for her Have you ever had the experience where someone who dressed differently or looked differently or spoke differently or was talking too loud or shouting, if you will, came to you and you ignored them, and you just quit listening because you didn't want to hear whatever it was? It can happen to any of us. There's a lot of people shouting and screaming in our culture these days, and a lot of us have just quit listening And yet the gospel seems to call upon us to try again, to open our eyes and ears again, to hear those who are shouting or screaming, or maybe it would be better if we could see that behind that is hurt and pain. So this is a difficult story, and yet there's good news here. I think there's three pieces of good news that we can benefit from today. The first piece of good news is that when Jesus decides to begin to listen, she is seen and heard when Jesus decides to use his power and his compassion to help. He begins to see her as a woman, as a human being, as somebody worthy of his Kindness, his love, his care, his compassion, and he uses his power to help the daughter. But there's a second piece of good news here as well. The second piece is revealed in that last verse when Jesus, right after he recognizes her as a woman of great faith, says, Let it be done for you as you wish. And then Matthew adds, And her daughter. Was healed instantly now we're not told how that happens or where it happens or why exactly this can't even happen and yet the daughter is healed but the key insight for us I think is that this healing shows us that healing and prayer have no bounds that God's power and love have no bounds. Now, Matthew doesn't tell us where the daughter is, but as far as we can tell, she's not present. She's never mentioned in the narrative, only the mother. So apparently this healing happens at a distance, that the daughter is someplace else. The mother has come and found Jesus on the road, and yet then Jesus is able to heal the daughter remotely or at a distance our best prayer studies reveal this same kind of thing do you know there's hundreds of studies that have been done about how prayer impacts healing and almost all of them show it has a positive impact dr larry dossi in his groundbreaking writing prayer is good medicine that's the name of the book he has written where he goes through these countless studies about prayer talks about faith and medicine and how they can work together he cites one of those i'll share with you 393 patients were in a major hospital that had a coronary or cardiac event they were going under a a set of medical protocols for healing dr bird was in charge of this unit he wanted to do this study on prayer so he divided these patients into groups he had lined up prayer groups from around the country. He was then sending list of names to the different prayer groups. Part of the people were being prayed for in the study. Then there was a control group, nobody praying for them. And you know what he found out after a few weeks that he watched this as they went through their medical procedures. All of the people in the prayer groups, the ones who were being the patients who were being prayed for, had significantly better outcomes in terms of their own physical health and recovery than those who had no prayer. Now, Christians have been claiming this as truth for a long time. You can read about it throughout Scripture, but sometimes it helps us think again when we recognize that that can be measured even by medical science. But Christian theology has made the claim. We claim that God is eternal or beyond time and omnipresent or that is everywhere and always present to us and for us this text proclaims the same thing as Jesus heals this daughter at a distance but you can see it in other stories within the gospels as well or you can think about the resurrection and how after death Jesus seems to have no limits he can be present or disappear always seems to show up at the right time He was dead and limited, and now He's alive and with us forever. It's hard to comprehend how that happens or to explain that. Our language is designed to talk about physical objects moving in space and time, so it's hard to try to explain often the spiritual realm when we begin to talk about having no limits or a God that has no limits. But this woman believes that it's true. She comes screaming, but then she kneels and asks for help. She persists even when Jesus ignores her. And I think she persists because she believes that Jesus, Lord, Son of David, is somehow connected to God and connected to her, and connected to her daughter in such a way as to effect healing. After treating her, with ignoring her, then treating her rudely, Jesus doesn't about faith. Jesus declares that her persistent, non-relenting belief is a testimony of great faith. Remember at the beginning, she's not part of his faith group. But now he's declaring that she is a woman of great faith. He's recognizing that they do have a relationship. It is as what she has been saying all along is true. And not only do they have a relationship, but she is right. Jesus has the power to heal, and her daughter is healed. That leads us to the third piece of good news and it is this that others can help us heal in this story Jesus is the one helping the daughter but we all have experiences of going to the doctor and other people helping us heal as an active and aging person I seem to end up with little nagging injuries all the time In the last few years that I've been here as your pastor, I've had this frozen shoulder on the right side. I ruptured a disc in my back. I've been telling you I've got a frozen shoulder here on the left side I'm working on. I managed to hurt myself all by myself. I'm just out there exercising and something goes a little bit wrong. But I need others and I have others that can help me heal. So I've gone to surgeons and chiropractors, to pain specialists to physical therapist, other people who can help me heal. But while I'm doing that, I'm also asking my covenant group to pray for me. Pray, one, that I'll have enough wisdom to listen to the doctors and slow down and do what they say, but also just to pray that I might be blessed with healing and a physically fit or healthy body. Both of those things help so many different kind of healing modalities these days you can use a lot of different varieties of ways to help yourself heal and allow others to help you heal but what I want you to hear today is support in person or having a person help you as well as support in prayer both contribute to healing last week I talked about that medical science and faith work best together I was talking about COVID then but it's true in our lives as well but when this support of prayer and using the healing arts come together or the support in person when we rally to someone's side by taking a meal or sending a card or making a phone call all of that contributes to the healing and I would say as I put in your outline that the Christian community at its best is when it's doing that very thing, helping and supporting one another toward health and wholeness. If you remember the root word for salvation, it's salve or healing balm. The whole idea about salvation is not just about what's going to happen after death, but it's about healing or making whole or helping heal right now. And we can participate in the healing. That's part of the good news is that as part of the body of Christ, we're connected to one another and we can help one another heal. Whichever kind of healing you need, whichever kind of healing modality you prefer, doesn't really matter what your particular circumstances are i think the gospels are revealing to us that whatever thing you're doing whatever you're struggling with to add prayer improves the odds of your healing or improves the odds of how whatever the healing is can work to your benefit so let's participate in the good news. Let's remember when we hear some screaming or shouting that if we can listen below that level to hear the hurt or the pain, maybe we can use our power and our compassion and our care to help somebody else. But it's not only that, We can also help whenever our lives show evidence that we believe in an unlimited God. That can be shown in lots of different ways, but it's a testimony or a witness to others. In our story today, this woman woman persists. She insists, even in the face of difficulty of being ignored, being insulted, she continues to give evidence that she believes that somehow, God wants to heal her daughter. And through this person of Jesus, that can happen. Does our life show evidence that we believe? When we do, we participate in the good news. And then finally, we can participate whenever we're willing to extend ourselves on someone else's behalf and actually help others. Or the other side of that, which we don't often think of, is to allow someone in the community to also help us heal it's a reciprocal or a mutual kind of relationship that we proclaim here within the body of Christ in terms of how God is at work in our relationships as we serve and help one another as we demonstrate care and compassion hope and love and support with one another God is able to use that to benefit all of us I hope that might be an experience you are having or you have had. But as Jesus says, let it be done for you as you wish. Amen. And thanks be to God.